You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Wednesday was day three of Super Bowl week media coverage ahead of Sunday's big game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, defensive end Frank Clark, and defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then Chris Jones. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Frank Clark and Steve Spagnolo. Here's Andy Reid. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you all the old ones, but uh, yeah, I'll take he, Little Wayne. He just wasn't he just at our place? Who was just at our place? You got to give me an easier question than that, dog. Huh? All right. Appreciate you. All right. Where you at? I got a lot of hands. Just Harrison Graham from Chat Sports. Coach, I uh, want to hit you with a hard hitting question as well. What does the perfect Andy Reid cheeseburger look like? Yeah, you know, I answered that about 50 times the other night. <laughs> I almost forgot I was a coach. Uh, but, yeah. Just, uh, it's got to have a good bun. Let's start there, right? And then fresh meat. And then you put anything else on it other than mustard, you're good. I'll eat it. I feel like I'm going to ruin this here, Coach. No, you're uh, all right. I'm going to swing this back to football, but I feel like I have to pepper it in. How do you take your coffee? We'll start there. How do you take your coffee? You know, I don't drink coffee, but um, I, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I, I don't drink it. What do you drink in the morning then to start your day? I just get up and go. I, I'm, I got endless energy for a chubby guy. All right, my real question then, you guys are going to go through more of a, a, a full-speed type practice today. What do you need to see from, from your quarterback to make you feel comfortable in this game plan that you guys have already installed? Yeah, so he's been doing really well with, the, with his ankle. Um, and we had a fast practice a couple of days ago, and he he moved well. He can really do just about everything, so um, at least everything in the game plan uh, that we've asked him to do. So I, I think he'll be fine today. Yeah. Uh, Jose Villalba from Multimedios and Millennium in Mexico. Yes. First of all, I agree with you. Less mustard, better. I think. Yeah, it, I thank you. Good. Part. And second of all, the, your partnership with Patrick Mahomes, what has been the key working with him? And you have a lot of success with a lot of quarterbacks throughout. What has been the key with Patrick Mahomes and the leadership? It seems like you guys, even being here with the media, and a certain presence to be able to, the big stage, how has that been key for both of you guys? Yeah, so uh, Patrick is a... Uh, uh, he's easy to be around. He, he wants to be the best. 
He strives for that every day. Every rep that he has in practice, he tries to do it the best he possibly can. Um, from a coach's standpoint, that's all you can ask. He handles himself right in the offseason. Uh, it's very tough in the National Football League to, for guys to handle the front office, uh, the coaches, and the players, um, and not have one jealous of the other. And, and he does that well. So he, he's very respectful, um, professional. Grew up in a locker room because of his father, uh, giving him that opportunity to jump in there when he was playing Major League Baseball. So um, he understands the dynamic of things and how, how things work, and, and he understands people. So he does very good with that. Yeah, you bet. Coach, uh, Andrew Wiley is your only returning starter from the last Super Bowl appearance. And he was stepping in for the injuries to play that position. What did you say about Andrew with all of the turnover on that line that he solidified and won that position outright? Yeah, Matt. I mean, you know, he, he uh, Yang was kind of the kid that was the young kid that was coming up through, got hurt. Andrew, first of all, stuck around with us when he had opportunities to potentially go somewhere else, stayed with us, and um, it worked out great for him where he's back in that starting role. He's done a nice job for us this season. Um, he's really a tough kid. Not everything's pretty, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, he, he's going to fight you, and that's, uh, uh, that's important, and uh, he does well with that. Hi, good morning, Coach Ray. Good morning. Um, ever since Patrick Mahomes arrived to the Kansas City Chiefs, you've done better each year, and every time, well, four years, three times in four years, you've reached the Super Bowl. Can you call yourself a dynasty? Well, I don't know about that. I, um, I'm not really into all that. I'll let you guys, you guys deal with that. I, um, you know, it's important in our world that as coaches and players that you try to get better every, every day and that, uh, you're only as good as your last game and so or the next game I should say and and so we're we're uh we're striving to focus in on this thing trying not to look at all that stuff um that's good when you retire you can kind of go hey you know they said we were a dynasty well so but right now you don't let that get in here you know that's just away from that good question though hey coach over to your left Gotcha. Um, as somebody who's so well-versed in the quarterback position, how impressed have you been with the, the quick rise of Jalen Hurts, and do you see any similarities between, you know, how Patrick ascended rather quickly in the league? Yeah, Jalen, first of all, Jalen's a good kid, and, and uh, so uh, he's fit in very well with that team. He's one of the leaders on that team, if not the main leader. He um, and, and his play has proven out to – to be very, very good. So, and he'll do nothing but get better with, with time. I mean, that's just how it works at that position. But he um, he looks like he's in complete control of, of that offense, and it's a real tribute to the kid. Yeah. Coach, right here in the front, Aaron Lett. Oh, yep. You, you've talked for a while about blocking out distractions. What, what's the toughest part about this week for coaches and for players, in your opinion? 
Yeah, well, it takes you out of your normal routine. Uh, you try to keep it as close to that as possible, but you've got media obligations like this um, that you've got to do and a couple other things that they throw in there. But um, for the most part, we try, we try to keep the practices relatively the same and, um, and on schedule. So, but I'd probably tell you just the magnitude of the media and a few of the other things that you're asked to do, promotional things, you know. Coach, I know you brought in Juju this offseason as you guys were trying to replenish the wide receiver room. What did you make of, of his season and how willing would you be to work with him maybe to, to keep him here long-term past this year? Yeah, Juju, first of all, is a good kid. He, he, um, he's a lot of fun to be around and <clears throat> loves to play the game. Um, he's a great balancer for, for Kels. Um, so you, you like to have somebody with a common components that, that plays opposite Travis and, and Juju has that. He knows how to play in space. He's a big target. Um, he's tough to tackle once he has the ball in his hands. He has great hands. Um, and, and he, you know, he's, he's smart. He knows, he, he understands the game. Over here. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you've already talked a little bit throughout the season about the contributions that Matt Nagy's provided, but can you kind of summarize as the season's coming to a close? what he's been able to do, why you decided to bring him back, and what the impact of having him has been on your offense? Yeah, listen, I, I think Matt's a great coach. Um, I, I think he knows people, handles people well. He's a good teacher. Um, the players respond to the way he, um, to his approach to coaching. Um, and he had a relationship with Pat Mahomes. And, and so it was just, it was a natural fit for him to, come back here. It was just a matter if he wanted to sit out a year or, or get right back into it as, a, as an assistant coach. And, and so he, he did. He wanted to jump back in and, and go, and uh, we we're sure glad to get him. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Coach, I know you're focused on football, but when you look at yourself, how have you changed from your first Super Bowl? How have you changed as a person? How have you changed as a coach in your approach to your job? Yeah, uh, I don't think I've changed much uh, that way. I've lost a little more hair uh, and not weight, but it's uh, it's about the same same picture that you're that I did for the first Super Bowl. It's very similar to when I was in Green Bay and under Mike Holmgren, kind of same format, and it was the same for him when he was under Bill Walsh at San Francisco. So um, you know that that part's fairly consistent, I think, if you look through the years. Uh, good morning, Coach you. Reed. Uh, Evan Walker, WXCI 91.7 FM. All right, I just wanted to ask you, uh, when it comes to defensive game planning against Jalen Hurts, do you think it'd be worth it to put a spy on him or just have that linebacker drop back into coverage? Uh, well, you got to keep an eye on him for sure. He's a, he is a great runner, um, but he also can throw the ball well. So. Um, you know, but you better keep an eye on him somewhere there, whatever approach we take. Coach, I'm from Germany. What does this, you've been to several Super Bowls, what does this one mean to you? And obviously every Super Bowl is special, uh, brings special challenges. What's the biggest challenge this time? 
Yeah, so it is special. I think the older you get, the more you appreciate them. Um, and then I, the challenge is the Philadelphia Eagles. So they've got a good football team. And, and um, you know, we're just we're in that preparation part of that, and we want to make sure that as coaches we give the players everything they need to be successful. And uh, physically, mentally uh, alike, and, and so... That's what that's the process we're in now. We got a couple more days to to get that done, and um, and then we cut everybody loose and we go play and let the chips fall where they may. And we look forward to playing in Germany this next year. We're very excited about that. So, we're going to go three more. We're going to go here in the middle of the room and finish up front. This will repeat in English. Buenos días, Coach Andy. Mi nombre es Mayra Gómez. Venemos de la Ciudad de México con máximo avance. Antes que todo, lo queremos felicitar por su gran carrera hasta el momento y felicitarlo por estar nuevamente en el Super Bowl. Good morning, Coach Andy. My name is Mayra Gomez. We are Maximo Avance from Mexico City. First of all, we'd like to congratulate you on your career thus far and for being Thank back you. in the Super Bowl. Thank you. Ayer estuvimos platicando con Michael Irvin y nos, Michael Vick y nos comentó que una de las cosas para hacer para sobresalir mientras eres un quarterback movible es precisamente el entrenador en jefe. Michael Vick told us yesterday that one of the great things that in order for a mobile quarterback to be successful is to have the right head coach. And so he he mentioned you and said that it was great for you that you had embraced Patrick Mahomes the way you had when you discovered his style. When did you discover his style? When did you know the kind of quarterback you had? And when that happened, what were your thoughts as far as your playbook? Was that a challenge? Did it maximize your playbook? And your, my second question, mi segunda pregunta como mexicana, es, ¿te encanta la carne asada? O por lo menos es lo que nos ha dicho, que te gusta la comida mexicana. ¿Cuál es tu plato favorito? What is your favorite Mexican dish? As we've been told, you love Mexican food. Yeah, there's not a lot of food I don't like, but yeah, that's a... Um, so, uh, Michael Vick's right. I, I like quarterbacks that are mobile. I, uh, that's been part of this offense for a long time. Uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, they were mobile quarterbacks. Then Donovan McNabb came in, and he was a mobile quarterback. And it just kind of has fallen right in line with that. Brett Favre, who's not the fastest guy in the world, very similar to Patrick, not the fastest guy in the world, but uh, still had a lot of yards running the ball when needed. Um, the important thing to add to that, and all those guys had this, was their ability to keep their eyes down the field. And so if there was an available throw that they could get the ball out to the, to the receivers um, in that time. So, uh, and then thus didn't take as many hits running the ball uh, as you might, might think of with a running, you know, with a quarterback that's running the option or something of that sort. So, um, but that, I didn't have to change the playbook much at all. Uh, it was all kind of, it's all kind of built in there. Uh, as far as Mexican food, I, I, if you guys have not had a chili relleno burrito, you need to try one. All right. Sorry, we got to cut it, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks. You see Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. What do you think? You talk a little bit about where you guys are in terms of history and what has it mean for your development as a quarterback? 
Yeah, it's, it's been a great run, and I think it, uh, it started, I mean, uh, as the friends we became off the field, that we've become like brothers now, that, that relationship that we have is kind of translated on the field, and I know what he's thinking when he's out there, um, and I mean, he's one of the greatest, not the greatest tight end of all time, and so for me to just find ways to get in the football um, and the way that he works, um, to get himself better and better every year. I mean, it's a special player that uh, hopefully uh, we can keep keep going for a long time because, uh, I mean, he's a guy that you, you'll never have another player like him in your career. Hey, Patrick. Uh, so last, last week you had mentioned that the, the ankle was preventing you from really stopping with, with some of the pain. Where are you at and, and how close do you feel like you are to just doing everything that you'd be able to normally do with the, with the injury? Yeah, I don't think you'll know exactly until you get to game day. Um, I'm definitely in a better spot. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely can move around better than I, I was moving last week or two weeks ago. And so uh, it's just trying to continue to get the treatment and the rehab um, and get to as close as I can to 100% and then uh, rely on some adrenaline to let me do a little bit extra when I'm on the field. So it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, definitely better, more mobile, uh, be able to move around a little bit uh, better for sure, and then we'll see on game day how close to 100% I can be. Stay right here. Hey, Patrick, another question on Travis. Um, can you describe what kind of presence he has in the locker room? I mean, he seems like a vocal guy to us, but it, I just wondered if that's the case inside the locker room. And then also, what are the things that sort of prompt him to speak up, whether it's during the week, during the game, whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a vocal guy. I mean, he's someone that he's one of the main leaders in this locker room. I mean, they, one of the core guys that's been here for the, longer than I've been here, the whole entire run of really Coach Reed's uh, career, uh, run in the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I think he's, he's, he can be vocal because he's the hardest working guy in the locker room as well. And he's, he's in the building. He's working his tail off. He's finishing every route. Uh, he's blocking, working on his blocking. I mean, there's times when he's not in, he's like walking to the side and he's like working on routes by himself. And I mean, whenever you have a guy that's one of the hardest working people, that's um, one of the greatest players of all time, um, then he, he is that vocal, he can be that vocal leader and everybody responds because they know he's doing it the right way. Patrick, what is the biggest challenge of facing this Eagles defense? Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're great everywhere, so it's, it's, it's hard to pick one. I mean, obviously, I'd probably say the defensive line just because, I mean, they're on the like a historic uh, sack, uh, sack rate and uh, the way they're able to get to the quarterback. And so everybody knows that everything starts up front, and so it would be a great challenge for our offensive line to try to do what they can in the run game and the pass game of protecting and run blocking. Um, but, I mean, they got great DBs. they got great linebackers. Um, and so when you have a great unit, it's about how can you execute and, just, and prevent negative plays. And they've done a great job, especially in the playoffs, of, of causing negative plays. And then and turnovers are usually what win and lose a, uh, a football game. And so uh, for us, we understand it's going to be a great challenge through and through. But the defensive line is, is a special group. And so I'd probably say that. Hey, Patrick, how are you doing? NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is speaking today. I know you're the player union rep for the team. Uh, if there's anything you would like to see change the way the NFL operates or anything you would suggest if you had a conversation with him, what would it be? Man, um, anytime we can get more money to the players, I always like that, so I'd probably say that. <laughs> Over here. Hi, Tandy Cherwa, Channel 8 TV. Um, a question that we're curious about is, 
Um, we know that you do like commercials and other things with your teammates and coaches. So my question is, how, what are your favorite activities to do with your other teammates and coaches off the field? And how does that translate in your relationship on the field? Yeah, so my favorite activity to do off the field with my teammates is golf. I like to golf in the off season. This, I don't golf during the season, but in the off season we like to get out there. And I've started to get more and more guys into it. Um, and so it started off, I got Travis into it. Um, and now I'm getting the offensive line into it. And I'm just, and it's not about how good you shoot. I think it's, it's more about the camaraderie you have out there. You're out there for three, four hours at a time. Um, if you're playing at a good, nor a good speed and you're, you're out and you hang out with, the, with the, the guys and you're competing, but at the same time you're just enjoying it. So I would say that's probably the, the main activity I do in the off season. Hey, Pat. Hey, Sammy from French Media. Thanks for having us on that Las Vegas Raiders game. Um, we got Kelsey having his podcast. We got B. Marsh in the house. Do you have two players in your locker room that would make a great podcast? Yeah, I would say Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I don't know if it'd be allowed by Ted over here, but those would they would definitely have the best podcast if they were allowed to have one. Great question. And uh, I played with Frank Clark over here. What's up, man? I played with Frank Clark. That was a great choice. Uh, before I ask you a question, Ted Cruz, I just want to say you're a legend. 11th season. You know, you guys are making a lot of history this week, but there's people like you that's really holding our game up. So I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for the game of uh, football. All right, brother. So how you doing? Good, man. Good. All right, great. Um, Rihanna came out and said that you are the greatest quarterback ever. Hearing that, how does that make you feel? Uh, makes me feel, it makes you feel great. Uh, then uh, it's, she's uh, she's gonna crush it at halftime. I have family members that I think are more excited about the halftime show than they are the game. Um, and so uh, whatever Rihanna says is like like the gospel. So I'm glad that she she went with me for that for that honor. She didn't. She oh. didn't. I was just messing. Around. Oh man. <laughs> you got you got me up here smiling and smirking. <laughs> okay. All right. My last question, um, and it's a serious one. What are you chasing? Um, what I'm chasing is I don't. I never say I'm chasing a, a player. I'm chasing that I, I don't want to have any regrets when I step off this football field. Um, and I understand how lucky I am to be in this organization. I understand how lucky I am to play with guys that are going to be Hall of Famers. Um, and so when I look back at the end of my career, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I didn't give everything I have to to win to win Super Bowls because of the great people I have around me. And so uh, when I get done with my career, I just want to make sure that I, I know that I gave everything I had on that football field. Hey, Patrick, uh, I know you won't be able to attend tomorrow night, but just the, uh, uh, what it means to you to be up for the MVP award as well as the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year award, how much those mean to you? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it gives you a great appreciation uh, of, of this sport, man. Um, the hard work you put in every single day um, and playing the last few years and not being up for the award, um, I think uh, it gives me even better appreciation. And it's uh, something like at the end of my career, like, like we were just talking about, I want to look back and say, man, like I, I was able to win the MVP once and hopefully have a chance to win it again this year. And, and then even more importantly than that, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, it's something that it takes more than just me. I mean, I have so many people that help me with my, my foundation to help run it. And you want to get back and make Kansas City a better place than when you, when you got there. Um, but it, it speaks to the people I have around me in the community that I live in that I'm able to give back to Kansas City so much, and I would have the honor to be even up for this award. Hi, Patrick. Um, you tweeted LeBron James yesterday after he broke the scoring record. Do you have a relationship with him, and can you gather inspiration off of an accomplishment like that? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I, I first off, I, I do. I talk to him every once in a while um, and, and try to gain as much advice as possible. Um, but I think you gain inspiration because I think you heard him talking about it last night. It, it wasn't something that he was chasing. It wasn't something that he even thought was possible. He just continued to work every single year, every single day, and he, he got there. And he still had a plan at a high level. Um, and so, like I said, it's legendary stuff. I mean, there's some, there's some records that no one thinks will ever be broken. And to see a guy that puts in the work every single day and gets to that milestone who's not even a scorer first. Uh, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, and he is the, has the most points of all time, but he's not even a scorer. He just continues to work and work and try to win championships, and he's able to reach, reach uh, goals that I don't think anyone ever thought were going to be broken. Morning, Patrick. Uh, when you look at Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni and the magnetism that they bring to really rally players around them, they're similar in a way, but I think they're also different in that way. Um, so from your perspective as a player, can you talk a little bit about, obviously outside of the sheer knowledge of the game, but those defining qualities that you look for in a coach that really enable a team like the Chiefs and like the Eagles to rally around those guys? Yeah, I think you just see the different generations between the coaches. I mean, both of them are obviously great coaches to have their teams in this in this moment. Um, but as far as for me seeing Coach Reed, I think it's just the way he's a, he puts the work in every single day as well. Um, so you never question that he's prepared and ready to go. Um, he enjoys it. He uh, he still you still feel has that kid spirit and he, he likes to joke around and have have fun. Um, and then he he knows how to get the best out of every single player. And he know and there's a there's a. A, kind of a special, unique quality where he's able to get the best out of you no matter where you're from um, or how that, that he has to do that. And so uh, not only him, we have a lot of great coaches in this organization and they push us every single day. And sometimes when we have practicing pads like on Monday we have, we do, we're like, why are we doing this? But we know that they're doing it for the right reasons to get us ready to go for the, for the Super Bowl. All right, we got three more questions. We'll go right here in the front and then finish over here. Patrick, hi, Simon from Danish TV. Uh, I was just wondering, this is the third time that uh, you're here at the Super Bowl. Is there anything you're doing different this time around come the, the, the others and, and what especially that is that will help you win on Sunday? Yeah, I think you have a better understanding of the whole process. So you can kind of find those little, those little windows where you can get a little extra uh, film study and a little extra rest. Um, I think, uh, the, especially the first Super Bowl when I was in Miami, it was like kind of you got to go here, you got to go here, and you kind of were just kind of trying to figure out a, a way to get it all done. Um, whereas now I have a better understanding of, of the process and the schedule, and I had Ted and them sending me the schedule like a week early just so I could plan it out and have a, a good plan for what I was going to go about my week doing. Patrick, good morning. Kyle Nash with the three-point conversion. Um, obviously, this game, first two black quarterbacks facing each other. What do you see in Jalen Hurts that reminds you of a young Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, uh, well, he's not, I'm not that old, but uh, he's, he's, <laughs> younger. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the best thing about Jalen is the way he works, man. He goes to work every single day, and you can see it. Um, he, can, he gets better and better every single year, and that's what we're all striving to do is get better and better, and uh, I'm, I'm better than I was when I was at that point in my career, and you continue to work, and you continue to put in that and that leadership role that he has and you can see how the guys follow him and they, they they follow him and they'll do whatever they can to help help that guy succeed and so it'll be a great game man and obviously he can do all the physical stuff he can run he can throw and do all that different type of stuff but the work ethic is what will get you through and I think that he he's at the top tier of that thank you Patrick and hey I'm in my 40s so you're both younger than me <laughs> yeah. Last Patrick hi good morning Federico Olvera here from Dame Bola Mexico City hello again uh, Patrick uh, so far in your career, what, what has been uh, one of your plays that you, you have liked the most? And the second one, what is your favorite play in the history of the National Football League? Uh, I would say my favorite play in the history of the National Football League. Um, 
I would probably say the Franco Harris play. I was I was watching it obviously with this last year and him passing away and and how special that moment was. You get a better perspective when you realize what the scenario was. And obviously I didn't see it and I, and I wasn't allowed to see it. Um, but you, I saw like you see highlights of it. You're like, oh, what a sweet play. But this this last year, seeing the 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 significant of it and what part of the game it was and how they it took them on to that great run that they had um, in the Steelers organization. I said that's probably one of the I mean it's one of the greatest plays of, of in the history of football. And then my favorite play. Um, it's got to be Wallace, man. It helped us win the Super Bowl. So I, I would say that's probably my favorite play in my career. All right, thank you. I can't believe you got me that. I can't believe you got me that question. I mean, it opens up their offensive playbook. We can we're able to limit the run, focus on the pass, then we can kind of um, get in the groove in a game and what we like to do as a team. Um, graded by PFF, I think, or, you know, um, yeah. What stands out to you about them? Everything. They're the best in the league, right? And from your side of things, how exciting is that challenge to go up against the best? Yeah, every week you, it's a challenge for me, um, especially when you're playing in the Super Bowl. against uh, the best of the best, so um, we're very fortunate. We're excited about it. Um, Jason Kelsey and that. That amazing offensive line, and we got to see what type of uh, pressure we can bring against them. What goes into dictating terms up front? How to win in that last scrimmage? Uh, a lot of preparation, a lot of preparation, a lot of film study, um, film work, and um, game day decisions. If you were to explain it to somebody on the outside, because we're all from here, whoever wins the line of scrimmage wins the game. If you don't know football that well, how would you be able to tell who's winning the line of scrimmage? Well, who is dominating the trenches? Um, <clears throat> first, you want to look at the run game. What is the offense picking up per carry in the run game? Um, each running back. Secondly, you you want to analyze: um, Are they getting any pressure in the pass game? What type of pressure are guys up front getting in the pass game? And um, overall, you want to see how is the defense holding up against their offense. What do you like about the way your group up front is playing right now? I think we're peaking at the right time, um, especially later on in the last three to four weeks. I think we continue on the way we're going right now, continue building chemistry. Everyone is dialed in. Everyone is ready. Uh, we're excited about this big game, but we know what we're here for, and uh, we're going to keep at it. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, inspiration is everything, man. Uh, this inspired me to work even harder right here you know every game inspired me to go out and play play my butt off for this team you know it's a blessing to be in this position it's a blessing to be on this team part of this organization and that's right there inspiration for me itself <laughs> no um I mean, we have some amazing guys in our scouting department Starting with Ryan Nutt, um, and that oversee everything, you know, that brings in a lot of good talent. We have Veach, one of the best. We have Coach Reed, Chris Shea, Brad Tillis. We got a lot of guys in the third floor who is um, scouting, making sure that we're always in um, in line to compete for a, a, a Super Bowl year in and year out. So with those guys behind the scene, um, there's no doubt in my mind that they're bringing in the right pieces to help us compete for another Super Bowl. Yeah, um, 
you know, he can pass uh, with those amazing receivers, um, but he also has a, um, the quarterback run game. Um, it's just so many things he can do, man. Um, he showed you how good he is this year. Uh, I think he only lost one game every game he started. He's dominated from the beginning to the end. Um, he's been very efficient with his legs, not only with his arms. So uh, we got to find a way to contain him. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard, especially if we um, if we turn our backs as uh, linebackers. We play man or something like that. It's definitely going to be hard to stop it. Um, I know him. I I know um, we never got to play together. We talked before. Uh, I wanted him to come back to the Chiefs before he signed with the Eagles. Uh, but yeah. Give me a second. I got to go blow my nose. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted him to come to the Chiefs before he signed back with the Eagles. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we're going to work it around again. We're going to start again. You know what I mean? I never really worry about that. I got agents for it, you know. It eventually work itself out, you know. You think you deserve to be the highest paid pass rusher in football? <laughs> do you think I deserve to be the highest paid pass rusher in football? I do, but my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, mine doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> do the Chiefs think that? Um, we'll, we'll see. We talked about Jalen. Are there some teams that, you know, you kind of help you prepare for this matchup when you play? It looks like you've had quarterbacks, plenty of mobile quarterbacks on your schedule. Yeah, um, not quite like Jalen. Um, he, he, he's been special this year um, with very efficient passing the ball, very efficient running the ball, don't make many turnovers, very smart quarterback, um, heck of an offensive line, heck of a run game. Um, you know, they're an all-around team when you look at it from head to toe. Probably got one of the best D-lines in the game. Um, offense, probably one of the most proficient offenses in the game right now, uh, other than ours. And um, I think it's going to be a heck of a game us as a defensive line to get after. How much of what you mentioned about moving up and down the defensive line, we see you do that, it is what you go over and tell your coaching staff a spot that you see is something you can exploit. Is that, is that a dialogue that you can pull out on your own and say, I want to go to this matchup, this is what I want to see? <laughs> it's more so of a mutual understanding. Um, we watch a lot of film together, um, and we try to see um, what, what can give me the best opportunity to win. Last one is Pat said if any two guys would have a uh, podcast on this team, he said it'd be you and Frank. But he's not sure if you know the legality reasons, the, the kind of where, where you guys would go with that. Well, if you and Frank had a podcast, what, what would it be about? It would be a lot. <laughs> it would probably be about a little of everything. Um, you know, real life issues, football, um, sports most importantly, and just uh, Frank is a huge car guy. We probably implement cars in there. I'm a huge wrestling fan. We'll probably talk about WWE. Just, um, it'll be all around, you know? It'll be tuning in radio, man. <laughs> Y'all take care. What was your reaction when you heard about trade? I was shocked, like everybody else. Um, I, I didn't think Tyreek would leave. Um, you know, um, 
just that two years prior we won a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was my guy, though. Me and Tyreek, we was very close. I um, still love him to this day. But, yeah, it was hard. I knew we had a plan as soon as we um, we let Tyree go. Um, v. Reed is so smart. Brent Tillis, uh, Clark Hunt, they always have a plan for a plan. So um, I, I knew we would be re- well prepared. I think your faith is huge. Give you something to believe in. Give you something to look for, look forward to. Um, I have a lot of faith, um, especially in what I believe, and especially a higher power. Um, I manifest a lot of things before I even receive them. I, I manifest a lot of my success. Manifest a lot of my goals in life. Um, and I think this goes ways in hand in hand with my faith, uh, my belief. Keeps me believing, man. Even when there's no hope, there's no sight of um, progression, it keeps me believing and uh, it keeps me grounded. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. COVID year, you know, it threw a lot of stuff off. You got all these different things you got to do. We got out there Saturday, the day before the game, you know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't deal with all of this. We didn't have time to settle. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's not an excuse. You know, Tampa came to play football. They won the game fair and square, and that's what it is. But um, it forced me to sit back and think about being second place. You know, I've, I've had the fortunate experience of being able to go to a Super Bowl and win one and also had the experience of being able to go to a Super Bowl and lose one. And I know both feelings. And I can tell you, you know, finishing second place and the things that you have to deal with, the thoughts you have to deal with, um, you know, those aren't thoughts that you want to stay with you for the next six or seven months of oh, your yeah, off season. Appreciate you. Frank, question for you. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Tell me about the look here. This is this is sharp. Oh, man. I went with a more, um, you know, I threw the bifocals on. Um, I had to throw these on because, you know, at the other interview, I, I kind of came. I wanted to give them the raw version of me. You know, I told them I want them to see my eyes, you know what I mean, let them know where I was coming from. A more direct. This kind of, you know, the light. It's the lights. You know, I'm real big on lights. It's the lights, though. You know, I knew coming to this this joint, the lights was going to be all in my face. Last time we was here, I was, like, sweating chickens. So I'm, like, trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? That's all. I got you. Well, you like the bright lights. That's when you make your biggest plays. Do you visualize in these next couple days making those type of plays yeah. on Sunday? I, yeah, I think I do it too much. You know, I think I do it too much. I find myself, like, 
walking through the hotel, walking through the hallway, somebody walking by me, and I hit him with a pass rush move real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, they be sitting there looking at me like, man, what is he doing? And I'm just like, like the Tourette's is going crazy right now. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I find myself doing that, or I find myself walking and just closing my eyes, just visualizing something happening or a play happening. And, um, I mean, I don't know how other people are, but that's just one thing, and that's just how I am when it comes to the game, you know. Um, I like to fully embrace. I like to fully put myself there. It's like going into character. If you know me, James. You know, I always say it. You know, I'm not, I'm not really the same off the field than I am on the field. I don't know how to, you know, you know, say it, you know, a little bit different. But I'm kind of, it's just, I like to go into my character. I like to, you know, go out there and just, you know, do what I do play football at the highest level I can play it at, you know, with reckless abandon and have some fun, man. Last one for you is Spags has been emphasizing you guys at the DN spot yeah. and being disciplined against the way Jalen yeah. plays. What What is the part in his game that you feel like you have to be focused on most? Is it him running the football or or is it him throwing? Um, I feel like it's, a, it's his ability to run the ball, but definitely, I mean, it's, it's you got you to gotta honor both, half and half, I feel, because... The moment you get lost to sleep with the runs, it's not just him. You know, I know I know the talks about him because of what he's done for this team, but the, the it's a it's a it's a team as a as a whole. You know, when you look at their running back, 14, 26, them boys is they doing their job. You know, Miles, I think he ran for 1,200 yards this year, 10 touchdowns, something like that. You know, that's 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 gonna help you win some football games. That takes a load off your quarterback. You know what I mean? I, some quarterbacks in the league who got to take the whole load. You know, who don't really have a running back back there. You know, so um, and we've seen that. But, um, you know, when you got a guy like Jalen Hurts, the things he's been able to do, his ability to run and pass the ball, convert the chains. I believe they got this rugby-style run where they get in the, you know, third, third and shorts, fourth and shorts, and they, they real live rugby-style runs, and they pushing them. They getting first downs, you know what I mean? They going low. They got they got a 340-pound former rugby player at, at the left tackle. You know what I mean? I, I see where a lot of the influence is coming from, you know what I mean? Like I said, I'm just looking forward to the challenge, brother. Appreciate it. Talk to you Sunday. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, they ready for oh, me and Chris? I mean, I feel like that's important. It's almost like, you know, in life when you, you, know, you can mess up, mess up, mess up, and then you get your stuff together, and then it's like it stays together, and, and you be, build a better life off of that. You know what I mean? It's one of those type of things. We got our stuff back together. We here talking to you guys, you know, you're not talking to another team. You know, I would have hated it. I hated it last year, you know, watching the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm from L.A. Y'all know I live in L.A. So the fact that I have to go back to L.A., they got, they, you got to understand the airport. It's like you got Bengal stuff. You got other, it's like, I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to go to Mexico for a few days. So I ended up leaving, man. I left Cali. I went to Mexico during the Super Bowl. I watched, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. I was, I was over in Mexico enjoying the ocean. Appreciate y'all. A hundred percent. It was a slight moment, you know, where um, I think it was coming down to the game. I keep dropping my phone. <laughs> it was coming down to um, the, the final moments of the game. But it was like four or five minute mark in the game. And um, I'm like looking around, you know, you kind of trying to get the feel for guys. I think San Fran was like, we had just came off the field. 
they was driving, they was driving. It was like one of those tough, tough, you know, it's kind of like you, reality was setting in that like, man, the, the season's coming to an end. They got kind of control of the game. They got momentum. It's like, dang, man, it looked like we wasn't really doing nothing offensively, defensively. So it was like, man, it was kind of settling in. I looked over at Chris, and Chris like, <sighs> he like, man, five. They called me five. He like, man, five, I, I miss playing with you. This, I'm going to miss this, man. And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, Man, this, 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 you know, S word. This ain't over, you know what I mean? He looked at me like, all right, fine, let's go there. And then we had like two more drives left, guaranteed. Two more drives left, guaranteed. I'm looking at the time like, man, if we get a stop, we get the ball back to Pat, he's going to score. And we're going to have to go out there and get another stop. And we'll see how it go from there. But let's get these two stops first because we have to get these two stops. If we don't get these two stops, this shit is over with. That's how, that's how deep it was. You know what I'm saying? That we literally had this talk. I think they had it on the sideline. And I'm, like, looking at them. It was, like, tears coming to our eyes. I'm like, shit, it's serious, you know? And um, we ended up going out there, getting a the stop. I think I ended up getting a sack. Ended up getting a stop. It was just a dominant drive. We dominated them for those last, like, two drives. And we was able to get the job done. And um, fast forward, you four years later, Chris is still here. You know, he ended up getting his big deal. Um, and we here today, man. We 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 arguing about who's paying for for the food that you know going out to eat now. As close as you guys are now, mm -hmm. has there been any discussion among the D line that this might be the last run as these guys as you are right now? That's always the discussion, and that's the discussion every year. I mean, if you look at you know every team, you know the discussion is. Um, I tell them since I've been in the league, yo, this team ain't gonna be the same next year. You know, this ain't going to be the same D-line. It's always moving pieces and moving parts um, of the puzzle that's going to be changed. You know what I mean? Whether you're a top dog or whether you're a bottom dog or, you know, one of those guys on the bottom. It's like no matter what, it's going to be changed. So you can point to a specific player, you know, when you're talking about that. But I watched a lot of things happen in this league that I would have never thought happened. You know, even on our own team last year, you watch some guys, you know, end up getting moved around that you would have never thought got moved around, some franchise guys. But at the end of the day, that's part of the game now. You know, you, you slowly watching the um, the NFL turn into the NBA and aspects of players wanting to move around and players wanting to, you know, have more control over the decisions and want to be in certain places and stuff like that. That's I think that's what you're slowly starting to see in the NFL. Yes. Um, like he said, when you, you coming up, it's like you becoming the team. You're the team that didn't do it the right way. You know, when I first got here, it was like, dang, they was that close, but the offsides caused them not to go. And now that it was all off of offsides. I'm like, offsides don't stop a team from winning the Super Bowl, okay? It's a whole team as a collective, like I just said earlier. Like, sometimes the units just don't mesh well. Sometimes you don't have the right pieces in the puzzle. You can have 100 pieces the right way, and that 101 piece is just not right. It's not the right fit. And that can, call, that can be the biggest difference to your team having success or not. You know what I mean? And that, it, th those are the communication laps you see on the field with a guy who might, you know, he in his mindset, oh, I got to get this bag, so I got to do this, or I got to do that. So sometimes, like, you, know, you know, you might see a communication lapse, or you might see a guy jumping the route. Or you might see a D lineman or a DN, you know, rushing up the field when it's a draw play. And we know it's a draw. Or we know a oh, QB draw coming in empty against the Eagles, but we're not doing nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to understand these type of things. And I feel like um, in the past, we didn't really put it together. You know, and when you fast forward, um, you know, guys being in the room, whether they're on contract, whether they're going to be here or not, man, you know, I feel like it's key that you just take advantage of the situation in the moment.
That's crazy you said that. If you remember after that game, I believe it was um, I believe it was on it was on like first take or something like that. An interview right after that game, and they said like, they, I think Shannon said it. He was like, the Eagles are gonna be good. And like no matter what they was going through last year, you can tell. I mean, you can tell they was putting the team together. You know what I mean? Jalen had just gave the team to him, so he was understanding the system. Guys are buying in, trying to you know play for this guy, and um, I feel like they put it all together this year. Um. You know, when you first get there and you look at, you, you know, you look at this team and it's all these different moving pieces and stuff like that. They they settled in on their O line. You know, they got rid of all the, you know, the, the, the pieces or the, that they that they felt that wasn't working for them. And I feel like it's all just coming together for them in the right fashion. I wouldn't say he's a different player because some guys, you know, we don't we don't like to hear that I'm a different. He's a different player, same player. Just I feel like he built on the things that he needed to build on. I feel like whatever he needed to change to become, you know, a better player, I feel like he made all those necessary changes. You know, like I said, hats off to him. Um, whoever's his trainer, you know, he's, he's in the weight room. He's doing what he has to do. He's able to break tackles, you know, as a quarterback. You know, you see those things with quarterbacks like Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson probably being, the, you know, the most dynamic one. But, um, you know, the, his ability to do those things is putting him in the same category and it's putting him, you know, in the, he's able to walk the same walks of life as some of these other guys now. It's very, it's very remarkable. You know, at the end of the day, when you watch a quarterback, a young guy, you know, too, um, his ability to take charge of a team, um, he's in a tough division. He's in a tough conference alone in the NFC, you know, where, you know, you got guys coming. Them boys is coming. It's a hard conference to make it out of. And, um, you know, it just seemed like they swept through that conference this year. And, um, and him and more particularly, you know, his ability to, like I said, lead a team. You know, you can watch when it looked like Philly was in the beginning of the season. Oh, Philly's not going to do nothing. You know, they, they, lo they lost the game or whatever. And you watch everybody kind of calm down after that because you watch him take charge and him lead. And him, you know, it, it looked kind of nonchalant. You know, it looked like he was unfazed by a lot of the, um, the critics and a lot of the things as he was before um, when he was a quarterback, you know, at Bama. So um, you just got to give him, yeah, uh, you know, when he transferred from Bama. So at the end of the day, I feel like you got to give him his praise for that, man. You got to give the guy some flowers for, you know, what he's done for his city, one, and what he's continuing to do, you know, for the culture. Man, I've seen Connor Sanders develop into one of the best D tackles in football, you know. Um, some people would kill me for saying that, but I'm saying it. I know football, I know players, and um, Colin Sanders is that. I feel like he is the real deal. I feel like it's a lot of players on this team who don't get the love and the attention and, the, you know, those type of things um, because of the, the dynamic of our team. But I feel like Colin is definitely one of those players that next year, you know, if not a future player, if not a player who's, you know, a starter in this league somewhere or, you know, here hopefully again, you know, um, it's just I feel like he's going to be – a player that's gonna wake a lot of people up. He woke a lot of people up this year, but get that man, get that man the whole floor, get that man the whole season to do what he do. And I feel like he's gonna his breakout season still hasn't came. I feel like that boy, the things he's able to do off, um, the things he's able to do, in interior, his footwork. He's one of the, he got some of the best feet I ever seen. Y'all know Colin around point guard on the um on the hoop team when we hooping. Colin is the point guard. So I mean, at the end of the day, when you got a three hundred ten pound point guard pushing point up the court. Man, that show you what type of athlete he is.
Oh, man. You know, being in Seattle, I always said, shout out to Pete Carroll and John Snyder for um, believing in me first and foremost. Um, but, you know, I had, I had a guy, like I said, Andy Reid, who was sitting there looking over their shoulder the whole time. You know, they, they, they watching, you know, the whole time saying, hey, as soon as that guy is free, I'm going to get him. And um, I feel like that's what happened. You know, just with talking with Coach Reed, you know, um, when I first got in, you know, that's one of the things he told me. Like, yeah, I was watching you the whole time. You know what I mean? Even when, I, I th- it was a big game where we ended up playing. Kansas City ended up coming to Seattle, and we played them. And after the game, you know, I was, I was talking to some of the guys, and um, it just – I kind of had felt. You know, I kind of had a feeling. Like, man, I, I, could, I might be there one day. I could be there one day. Even through the pre, pre-draft process, you know, I ended up going on a visit to Kansas City. You know, so, um, you know, like I said, just being able to be here – you know, shout out Seattle. There's no hard feelings to them. Shout out Seattle. But just being able to be here in Kansas City, you know, it's paid dividends for me. Frank, you, you talked about Andy Reid and how you guys have a special relationship, particularly uh, beyond football. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what he's meant to you as a coach? Um, he's meant the world to me. You know, Coach Reid, he has been um, nothing short of uh, the best figure, you know, if not one of the most positive figures I've had in my life, especially over the course of the last few years. Um, you know, I've dealt with the loss of my father. I've been having to deal with that, like, over the last, like, three or four years. So, um, you know, just the things that I've had to endure and go through, you know, I've had, you know, it's taken a lot off of me because I have a coach like him. You know what I mean? I can come in days where, man, I might be going through some stuff mentally. It's not just me, man. It's other players as well. You know, we all have our battles. Um, but I can be going through something mentally, um, and he understands it. You know, he gets it. You know, it's not, he's not one of these coaches who don't understand, who doesn't get a hard life, you know, or I'm looking at a coach like, ah, oh, man, it's this white-collar coach. He don't understand. You know, he's not from the same type of, you know, surround. A, this guy's from East L.A. You know what I mean? He's from East L.A. He grew up around, you know, people gang in the gang communities and, and, and you know, in different African-American, the, the, the Mexican culture, all these different type of establishments. I'm not saying, you know, for a Caucasian man, sometimes it's hard to grow up in these type of establishments. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up in South Central California. You can see a lot of type of, you know, you, you seen one, type, one color of people walking around. It was brown skin. It was brown skin. And for a guy like Andy Reid to come from the same type of likes as these places, it shows why he's able to draw and connect with his players. You know what I mean? It shows why he's able to go to these places and continue to have influence. You know, and guys respect him. You can talk to him. Talk to Michael Vick. Talk to any, any guy who came from under Andy Reid today, and they'll tell you the same thing about him. As, as a, Appreciate you guys. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I see y'all soon. I see y'all soon. Appreciate you, brody. To find a way to somehow slow down the run and the things that they do. And we know they do a lot of different things. It's not just getting the eye formation and running ISO plays. Um, and the added extra challenge is not only can the running backs run it, but the quarterback can. Um, I just think if you don't do that, it becomes really, really difficult. When I was talking to the Eagles, offensive players, even their coaching staff, I mean, they, they went back to, to your days with the Rams to, to just make sure they're not missing a thing. I'm good. I'm a little sick. I got a sore throat. I got a runny nose, runny eyes. I don't know what happened. Yesterday, last night, I was amazing. I was on cloud nine. Um, today, I'm a little, uh, but I'm okay. No, you will, you will be okay for Sunday. That is yeah, I will. Important. You're in a position that you can make the big play in a Super Bowl, the big play that makes something change dramatically. Have you dreamed about it? Um, what's crazy? Honest to God, what's crazy, I had a crazy dream last night about the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk about it. I'm very superstitious, but I had a crazy dream about the Super Bowl last night. Yeah? 
What yeah. Is, what is about it? I can't tell you. Okay. They told me if you tell your dream, it will never come true. <laughs> All right. So I have an idea what it's about. It. So how do you feel the team? Because obviously you have a tremendous season, but you are facing the best team in the NFC. I feel good. Um, I feel like it's going to be a challenge. Like every other week, you know, every week we play football, it's a challenge. This is just uh, another challenge on a bigger stage. You know how it is to be part of this amazing. So when I was working with Jim Johnson in Philadelphia with Andy, um, I can vividly remember Saturday night where we have the meetings, and after the meetings you go sit and you have the snack and the meal, and the TV's on, and, and we're watching college games. And at the time, you know, this would be like the early 2000s or 99 or something, and we're watching a college game, and they're running option football, a little bit different than the way it is now, but the same concepts that you could give it off or the quarterback. And I remember Jim Johnson saying, thank God we don't have to defend against that stuff. Because it, it, it changes everything, you know, it changes everything. And now that is in NFL football, and it does change everything, and it puts a lot more challenge on defensive guys when, they, when the quarterback can not only drop back and throw it, which this quarterback can do, but he can also beat you with his legs. And in that offense, he's making decisions within the play to make you look bad, because he can decide whether to hand it off, throw it, or run with it. I think uh, football today now is, I think, legendary when you think about what quarterbacks do and how hard it is on, on defensive play or a defensive play. We gotta find a way to slow them down somehow. Really the byproducts of, of, of successful teams are the top assistants are head coach candidates, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like your name is out there as it should be. You know, what, what are your aspirations? Do you still have aspirations to get back? I do. I, I appreciate you saying that. Listen, I, I've just been a firm believer that I let. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian man. I believe strongly, and he'll direct my ways and where I'm going. So I just kind of leave that up to him. And I. You know, the, things going um, things going wage, right? You know, there's people looking for this certain guy. I, listen, I, I, I still believe that, and I, I look at it all the time. I look at the Bill Belichick's, the Tom Coughlin's, the, the Shanahan's. Go, look at Doug Peterson right now. I believe that when you look around the league, the guys that do it a second time tend to do it better because um, they've gone through some of the ups and downs. They know what not to do. I think they're just so far ahead. So if that happens, great. If not, a pretty good job right now. I just want to make sure I keep the one I got. Uh, it just seems like guys, you know, the trend is to, is to younger. Like that might be, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, uh, it's just it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. Either less teams are going, not that you're that old. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And maybe, you know, for whatever reason, and the people that make that decision, they got to make the decision for their own organization. So whatever they decide, they got to go. But I'm, I'm eager, and if it happened, it'd be a great thing. If not, I'm a, I'm a content man working here for the Chiefs. And One more thing on that.